Hello, and welcome to the Sandnose podcast. I'm Barry Collins. How fast is your internet connection? 80 megabits a second? 100? A gigabit? Now how fast is the connection when you attempt to stream the latest series from Netflix? If you're thinking that it should be the same speed, you might be in for a shock. Sam Knows exclusive performance data has shown that some broadband customers get less than 10% of the headline speed of their connection when they stream shows from Netflix. And yet, due to the technological miracles that Netflix works to ensure that streams take as little bandwidth as possible, their viewing experience probably hasn't suffered. In this edition of the Sam Knows podcast, I speak with Sam Knows founder Sam Crawford, who explains the measures Netflix and the broadband providers take to ensure streams run smoothly, why regular internet speed tests don't always give you a true picture of your connection's performance with services such as Netflix, and why those Netflix streaming speeds sometimes suffer. Okay, Sam, perhaps start by explaining what actually happens when someone starts a Netflix stream. How does that data reach you as a viewer? Sure, no problem. So, when you start a Netflix stream, you're typically using a client device, so a, a mobile phone maybe, or a TV, or a laptop. So what you will usually do is open up the, uh, the Netflix app, or maybe go to, to netflix.com. Um, now, it's quite important, um, at least for video streaming performance, to understand the difference between uh, accessing, say, Netflix.com, and then actually streaming the video itself. Mm-hmm. So Netflix.com and the Netflix app will be hosted pretty much centrally by Netflix, probably somewhere in the US. Um, and Netflix quite famously use Amazon Web Services, AWS. They're a huge user of that. But they use that for hosting all of their web infrastructure, all of their database infrastructure, and so on. So when you access Netflix.com, you log in and you see the catalog of titles, you're, you're accessing Netflix's um, web application sitting on top of AWS. Uh, now, that's basically just a library. It's like a, um, uh, an index into a, into a library. Uh, when you actually now click on a title to play a video, uh, the video isn't served from the same place. The video um, is served from somewhere typically entirely different and typically much, much closer to you. The video will be served from a uh, uh, what we call a Netflix cache, but Netflix have their own terminology. They call it an open connect appliance. And basically that's a, a big um, a big server uh, which holds hundreds and hundreds of terabytes of uh, video content and will probably be not too far from where you're sitting right now. There are many, many thousands of these Netflix caches located all around the world. Um, uh, not just it's not just as simple as they put them in every major city. They mm-hmm. will actually put them deep inside the ISP's networks themselves. And I'm sure we'll come on to talk more about that in a bit. And the idea here is to basically bring the content really, really close to the customer. So um, performance is good. And uh, well, it has a number of other benefits too, I'm sure we'll get to. So although Netflix itself is based in California, the, the Netflix programs you could be getting from as little as 10 miles down the road. Correct. So tell me how Sam Knows measures that download performance for, for shows. Sure. So we focus on the, the latter topic I mentioned a moment ago, the video streaming performance. Um, so the way we do this is we actually have a, a partnership with Netflix. They provide us a, uh, an API um, which allows us to uh, interrogate their back end and uh, basically ask it, where, where would I as you know, Sam Crawford sitting in a house in, in London, where would I stream 
uh, Netflix content from if I was a real Netflix user. So we're, we're our our measurement is basically a fake Netflix user. It's mm-hmm. not really someone watching a TV. It's a piece of software running inside a uh, a router or a white box or a mobile phone, which is pretending to be a Netflix client, but it really is actually downloading Netflix content and 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 measuring it. So we ask this Netflix API. Um, we say, dear Mr. Netflix, where should I uh, fetch some sample content from? And the Netflix API says, oh, uh, Sam, I see you're on uh, British Telecom, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, your local Netflix cache is based in uh, Telehouse in the Docklands in London. Here is the uh, the URL to a piece of test content you can go and access to, to fetch um, uh to mimic Netflix performance, so we fetch uh, we fetch this test content from uh, from Netflix caches. Uh, this is uses exactly the same uh, geo GeoIP um, CDN redirection logic that Netflix use in their in their real live service, and then uh, we stream this content. So we actually we download this test content that they provide to us. Uh, we measure. Obviously, um, the speed of the downloads and the speed of the transfer. Uh, we measure how long it takes uh, for us to connect to the Netflix server. We capture where the Netflix server is. Um, we measure how long it takes for us to stream the first two seconds of, um, of video content, which is effectively like when you press the play button on the Netflix video, how mm-hmm. long you see that little spinning hourglass for uh, before it starts and before you see the first image. Um, and then Probably most importantly, we also measure what is the uh, the maximum bit rate that you can reliably stream. And what this really means is what is the best quality video that you can see without um, experiencing rebuffering events or you know the spinning hourglass uh, situation. Um, so Netflix have lots and lots of different video encodings. You've got uh, Ultra HD, also known as 4K, and you've got Full HD, and you've got HD, and then uh, SD for standard definition. There's loads and loads and loads of them. But ideally, um, you want you want the best one, but obviously it doesn't matter if you don't have an Ultra HD TV. But um, ideally, you want to always be able to stream the best quality video all the time. So we start off trying to measure the best quality, um, and if we see... Uh, stalls or rebuffering, then we will step down to the next highest uh, video quality, the full HD of 1080p, and then we'll retry the measurements there. And we'll keep going until we uh, find a bitrate or video quality that we can watch reliably without seeing issues. And that's really the main metric that we care about. Um, What is the best quality video we can watch without seeing problems? Okay, and that is obviously very different to a regular internet speed test. Just explain quickly how they would work. Uh, sure, yeah. So a regular. So let's put aside. We'll come back to the topic of um, server locations in a minute. Mm-hmm. But a, a regular internet speed test is really seeking to measure capacity. What is the fastest? Um, what is the maximum performance that I can get out of my broadband connection um, for a short period of time? Um, uh, to a, a dedicated test server. Now, this test server might will be um, dedicated purely to serving up speed test traffic. Um, so uh, it will likely be extremely heavily optimized um, for serving you know, high traffic volumes. Um, it will not be, it will usually be heavily monitored to make sure that it's not um, oversubscribed. That means there's not too many people using it such that the speed test will be um, impaired. Um, 
and usually speed test servers, they might be very close to you or they might be very distant from you. But the point, really, the key point is about servers, they're not the same as real, they're not on the same servers as real applications. Yep. So when you're running a speed test, you're testing to a server in place A. And when you're watching a Netflix video, you're, um, you're downloading Netflix content from a server in place B. Um, they might be, you know, very near each other geographically, but you might take a completely different network path um, uh, between the two. Um, so you can get completely different performance. It might be that you get a much better speed test performance, or it might be you get a much better Netflix performance. Mm-hmm. It's The point is you're comparing apples and oranges. I think the last point to make is that uh, Netflix typically delivers content over a single TCP connection. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and fr- frankly, most applications do that. However, most speed tests um, uh, use multiple simultaneous TCP connections to um, effectively to stress the line more to to, uh, to take it to the maximum capacity. Um, I won't go into the, to the details there, but um, it's really about use multiple TCP connections to um, uh, to basically uh, paper over any um, short-term packet loss or issues. Um, with performance. So, so would it be fair to say that a, a regular speed test is more likely to give you the best case scenario? Yes, yes. Uh, I'd say there are there are exceptions to that, like, uh, but generally, yes. So Sam, we've seen a lot of customers getting uh, decent download speeds in regular speed tests, but very limited Netflix speeds. What are some of the reasons that might be happening? Sure. So we've already covered a minute ago that it's it's really a bit of an apples and oranges comparison. Uh, a regular speed test is typically trying to measure the absolute maximum capacity to a server which is dedicated to to this task, frankly. Um, and uh, Netflix is uh, is not trying to measure the absolute fastest speed. They're just trying to deliver video to you reliably, and they do a number of things to um, to ensure reliable delivery that I'm sure will come on to. Um, in a minute, but they're not trying to hit the maximum capacity at all times. Mm-hmm. What they're trying to do is basically maximize um, uh, the amount of users that can simultaneously um, watch videos reliably. It doesn't always mean uh, maximizing the um, uh, the individual throughput. Now, um, but this isn't always within Netflix's hands. So first, there's a couple of things. So firstly, server location mm-hmm. is number one. Secondly. Um, number of TCP connections. Typically, speed test servers use multiple. Netflix typically uses one. However, um, uh, the degree to the uh, the degree of the degradation we've seen in some uh, instances for Netflix download speeds is is much higher than can be explained by either of those previous two um, factors. Um, and that, so, there's a couple of follow-on things that we've we've observed. Um, in the past that might explain this. Uh, first and foremost is congestion. So um, ISPs will, uh, inside their network, they will typically have a few locations um, where they host um, uh, caches. Uh, and these caches will be from companies like Netflix, I've already mentioned, so Akamai or another um, a huge CDN which put caches deep inside ISPs networks. Uh, Facebook have started doing it. Um, and then there's a couple of others as well. But uh, those are probably, oh, and Google obviously is the other massive one. Yep. Those four companies are probably the four big ones which put caches deep inside um, ISPs networks. Now, ISPs aren't really well equipped for hosting, traditionally for hosting this stuff. They, they're normally hosting routers and switches and so on. Um, so usually they'll have a few um, 
cash hosting locations in their network. They usually call these their CDN locations. Um, now, these locations, as has been fairly um, well publicized with, uh, with stats and figures that have come out in recent years, like you know, just how much Netflix, for example, accounts for uh, traffic on the internet. These locations are extremely busy in the ISPs networks. They probably mm -hmm. account for uh, probably more than 50% of their traffic overall, these CDN hosting locations. So whilst an ISP might have a huge nationwide network, it really all concentrates on these CDN locations and they're peering in transit elsewhere. But if, they've, um, if they're saving money and they're saving traffic by uh, basically not having this Netflix traffic and YouTube and others um, out over their peering in transit, they're basically just shifting it internally onto their CDN, um, uh, into their CDN platform. And they can have congestion there. So an ISP can actually have congestion inside their network at their CDN hosting location and not have congestion on their peering and transit links, which is why you end up in this slightly perverse situation where uh, you can get better speed tests from your ISP to a server outside of the ISP's network than you can uh, when you're downloading Netflix content from a server which is actually much, much, much closer to you and inside the ISP's network. It's mm -hmm. because there's congestion at the point where the, uh, uh, the Netflix servers and YouTube and uh, Facebook servers are located inside the ISP's network. So I would, so that's kind of like the the accidental um, congestion issue. Um, and I'd say that accounts for the vast majority of um, underperformance we see. More recently, we've actually started to see um, um, a couple of ISPs intentionally uh, traffic shaping uh, Netflix traffic at the cash hosting locations inside their network because they know that um, uh, Netflix content, for example, needs somewhere around uh, somewhere around 10 megabits per second nowadays mm -hmm. uh, with their new encoding algorithms to stream um, ultra HD video. So they know we don't actually need to let Netflix download content at uh, one gigabit per second to Sam's TV because um, you know, Sam's TV is only going to play content out to Sam at um, at about 10 megabits per second. So let's let's rate limit it and uh, prevent these horrible massive bursts on our network. Um, so we've started to see some ISPs actually rate limiting Netflix traffic inside their um, inside their network as well, presumably because they. Um, were previously suffering with congestion effects. So um, I'd say as you know, as access speeds continue to ramp up and you know, gigabit services become more common um, and higher quality video becomes more common, like 4K and 8K as well, we will probably start to see more of this. And you touched on it before, but Netflix are, are doing a lot to try and minimise the amount of bandwidth that they take for their streams. Can you uh, talk us through some of the measures it's, it's taken? Uh, sure. So, um, it's, so it's not just about minimizing bandwidth, but I'll come back to that in a second. So Netflix do a lot to ensure reliability um, uh, of the streams. This is all very well publicly documented on their blog, and they've got some really, really good, extremely detailed blog articles about this. Um, so in terms, of, in terms of bandwidth, they uh, published an excellent blog article about nine months ago in August 2020. Um, about some recent optimizations that they've done to their um, to their content encoding scheme. So previously they used, um, I think they were targeting around 16 megabits per second for, as an average video bit rate for an ultra HD, also known as 4K video title. Mm -hmm. They've since been able to um, to drop that 
to around about eight to 10 megabits per second. So they've almost, they've almost halved the amount of bandwidth used uh, without sacrificing any video quality. Um, and this isn't just for the top, um, the top bit rate. Um, this is also, uh, this carries down to the lower ones too. So uh, full HD content previously required somewhere around um, six megabits per second, and it's now um, at around just over two megabits per second. So they've lowered that by about 60%. Mm -hmm. um, so all of this means that uh, people with lower speed connections can now watch higher quality Netflix streams or perhaps um, more likely, um, you can now watch multiple Netflix streams inside your home um, uh, if you've got people in different rooms, for example, all at higher qualities. I mean, the other thing, so that's that's in terms of video bitrate or, or quality. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say the other aspect is, um, is, is reliability as well. And one thing um, Netflix has, has always done, and other video providers do as well, but I think Netflix are more extreme in this regard, is they, they buffer um, video um, quite aggressively. So when you start watching a video and you see, you see, you see a little progress bar at the bottom, right? And there's usually yep. a little shaded area. Um, and people are used to seeing that shaded area fill up um, ahead of where they are. And they might not realize what that means, but basically that's your, that's your buffer. How much, that's how much video is being downloaded uh, so that you can watch it without downloading, without actually fetching anything more from the internet. So um, Netflix pre-buffer, it's called pre-buffering, for around about three, three to four minutes of video ahead of where you are right mm -hmm. now. Um, so what that means is you can um, completely unplug your router, you can, um, uh, you can disconnect yourself from, completely from the internet, and you'll still be able to watch um, uh, video for the next three to four minutes without seeing any interruption or having any knowledge at all that you've lost your internet connection. Um, and obviously, in a much less extreme scenario, it means that you could have quite severe congestion for 10 seconds, 30 seconds, even a minute or two um, uh, without experiencing any uh, perceived Netflix problems. So we've seen on some of the, the customer graphs in our article that uh, Netflix peak time speeds may be dropping as much as 90% of the, the true download speed of the line, but customers are just not noticing because Netflix is taking all these measures to make sure the video experience is smooth. Yeah, that's absolutely spot on. Um, a combination of the fact that you just, um, you like I say, you only need about eight to ten megabits per second to stream ultra HD Netflix content, uh, and obviously this this will change in the future as higher qualities come along, and maybe we end up with some uh, kind of, uh, virtual reality Netflix experience in the future, which will need a lot more bandwidth. Mm -hmm. But but right now, you don't actually need a colossal amount of bandwidth to stream Netflix. And uh, they put quite a few measures in there to ensure reliability, even if you do have a slightly patchy line as well. So um, uh, even though people are seeing uh, sometimes 90% uh, throughput drops, it's probably not that um, uh, noticeable to the vast majority of users. But uh, I'd say if this trend continues and uh, congestion continues to grow, whilst um, uh, video qualities or at least bandwidths can um, uh, increase, then uh, then it might start to become more noticeable to users. That's it for this episode of the Sam Knows podcast. Don't forget to check out the full article on samknows.com and we'll see you next time. <laughs>